1: It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show.
0: It's go time. You me. Know
1: Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah,
0: I'm to lie to You, you felt
1: good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy.
0: Welcome to tonight's nice, mean event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody. It's Brett Allen here. I'm excited today. We are chatting with actress Drea DeMatteo about their brand new project, Collide. Thank you so much for your time. It's really a pleasure and honor to chat with you.
1: Hi. It's good to be here.
0: Good. Well, let's talk about this movie. I have to ask, because we had Paul Ben-Victor on the other day. Have you seen this yet? Have you had a chance to watch even dailies or nothing?
1: Um, No. They might have sent it to me, but I didn't watch. <laughs> um i haven't watched i haven't watched something that's not made for an 11 year old in
0: a really long time i i get that i have an eight year old so i totally understand yeah um well i had a chance to watch this obviously when he was not here um Mm -hmm. you know i throw on the sopranos for him every once in a while (laughs) just to kind of entertain him uh i'm just kidding please don't come at me people (laughs) but let's talk about this because this is a great film and you always choose fun and unique projects this is definitely one of those what interested you and attracted you to it and made you decide that you wanted to do it
1: um well i mean let's see let's see let's see. first of all this is like the height of the whole covid mania Um, i haven't been able to work in tv which is my preference okay Um, so i you know a couple of films landed in my lap during the pandemic and i you know they were all great so this was one of them. And they all took place in one location, um, which I found really interesting. Yeah. And they all had me not playing the victim. I usually play a victim to a large degree. So the fact that I was, you know, I'm not the most likable character in this. I'm definitely abhorrent in the other movies that I did in the last couple months, but uh, that just came out. But um, But this one... I could identify with her, you know, sort of going through a midlife crisis kind of thing. Also, there's the whole premise of Jim Gaffigan playing this really sad role.
0: Yes, that's very appealing.
1: And he was so good. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to be so good, but he was fantastic. And um, I that interested me because it definitely was going against the grain. And also just the way the script is written. I mean, you, a script like this is... You know, it takes place in one location. There's not a huge budget. And the script is written like it's a multi-million dollar um, idea. So it was, you know, I had to do it. And it was shooting down the street. <laughs> I was and like, will be there. Let's go. When does it start?
0: Yeah, uh-huh. you're like, literally, I could walk to set. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool that with these movies, you know, when it doesn't take I mean, obviously it takes effort as a performer and a storyteller, clearly, but I'm just saying when you when it's literally close to you, you don't have to travel or be bi-coastal, especially when you're a parent, because obviously, you know, it probably changes the dynamic of things too, when you have a child to consider and that sort of thing. Uh, and then you're picking projects and you can literally, you know, be within... A short distance of where you're at. Well, it's a good film. And uh, I think when people have a chance to watch, they're really going to like it again, just a very dynamic and diverse cast. And as you mentioned, Jim Gaffigan playing sort of the antithesis of what people know him as, I think is what makes this film extra appealing. And yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I like your honesty about the characters that you play. Unless we're talking about, well, even a million little things, a little bit, probably to a degree, was sort of that. But um, a question I have to ask again, just having done so many things, what sort of interested you in becoming an actor or a storyteller? What, what sort of drew you into this crazy world um, that you're a part of?
1: First, it was a revenge story just this i'm still just looking for revenge (laughs) when i was a kid all my boyfriends wanted to be actors all of them and they were like "Dre's a loser Dre's never gonna do anything you know because i just like to party and go out and do my thing and i um i got my shit together and i got a manager just because someone thought that i should have a manager i was in film school to make movies never to act okay but she told me I needed voice lessons. And she said, my voice was so atrocious that I'd never worked in this industry. And I said, okay, so I'll take voice lessons. So I got a voice teacher. And wow. Actors always take these voice classes. And she goes, no, 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 not one of those voice classes. You need to take opera classes. And I said, opera classes? you fucking freaking crazy. you am going to do an opera. I'm not trying to be a singer here. And then literally weeks, a couple of weeks later, I got The Sopranos.
0: And and look, clearly that quote-unquote voice that they didn't like paid off I, for you I in a massive way.
1: I know. And it was called The Sopranos and opera. And I'm just like, who's singing now, bitch? You know? I, I couldn't believe it. So at first it started out as like a funny little revenge thing for all the boyfriends who wanted to become big actors. And then it turned into, let me show this bitch that I can, that I can do this. And I did it. And I was like, and then I... And then I had to stay, you know, once I got invited to the party, I never wanted to leave.
0: Why would you? Now, I have to follow up with this. So you do the Sopranos. That's a massive chunk of your life. It's over now. When it comes time for Drea to start looking for more jobs and and getting approached for things. And I ask this because I've had other amazing people on like yourself who do these large shows that are on for a very long time. And then Now they have to go do something different. Did you find yourself sort of being caught in this window as an actor where people wanted to see you for those types of characters before you were able to just sort of break out and do projects like this or comedies like Joey? (laughs) I just had to throw that in there.
1: That's comedy. But uh, yes, I didn't want to take Joey. I got really bullied into that part because I got bullied into it with money. Also, let's not be crazy. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in it right now. But, um, but they, it, I was, I was already stigmatized from when I was young that I was Italian. So if you're going to be an actress and you're going to be an Italian actress, you need to change your name, first of all. So I had another manager who wanted to change my name to Drea Zal. Zoll. Zal. Zoll, my, my father's like, you do that and forget about it. So I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> thank you. Okay. There we go, ding! You. we got one, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, so there was, there was that to begin with. And yes, when you, first of all, if you're a TV star, you're in someone's living room every week, they remember you as that, they don't want to see you as anything else. Um, but if you're also a TV star who does a really good New York accent, no one can ever imagine that you don't do that accent, especially if your last name ends in an O or a vowel, you're Italian, that's it. You're, st- you're, you're gonna be an Italian for the rest of your life. They also assume that if you're Italian, you're stupid, Um, You know, there's a lot of things that come with, you know, with being an Italian sometimes, unfortunately, which, you know, for me, being Italian is the greatest thing on the planet. And some people are just too stupid or short sighted to, you know, to understand that we have a subculture, like every single, you know, ethnicity has a subculture. And subcultures are more interesting to examine than just the guy with the white picket fence. So, so yes, I was afraid of that, but I was also very young and I didn't want to be typecast. And I said yes to Joey. And I, and I thought that might've been a mistake, but looking back now that I'm 50, I would do anything to play that part over and over and over wow. and over again. It's the best part. It was the best part. And I, would, you know, now in my, in these next few years, that's, I, I'm looking for that again.
0: I love it. Such an amazing and fulfilling career. One last question as we wrap: big takeaway from this new film, Collide, that you hope people get when they get a chance to watch it, which is amazing. Oh,
1: oh, oh there was a question in
0: there. Um, yes,
1: the one thing that I hope people take away. Yeah. Oh God, I hate questions like this. Uh, that's
0: okay. You don't. That it's perfectly okay if if there's not one thing. You just, I guess, being entertained is good enough.
1: Don't go on a blind date.
0: <laughs> it's funny <laughs> that you say that because I actually have one tonight. Now I'm a little oh. bit nervous. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> awesome, Drea thank you so much for your time. This has been an absolute thrill and privilege. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you, man. Have a good day.
0: Thanks for listening and being a
1: part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major performance. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember. We care.